Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. The BHP Podcast is proudly presented by Dead Down Wind, Stealth Camp, Tinks, Skull Hooker, Grind Life Coffee. We also want to tell you guys to check out the new Fred Bearfield Notes podcast, available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Learn about Fred Bear and his heritage. It's something you're not going to want to miss, and it's one of those things that really bring bow hunters together. Hello, and welcome to the BowhunterPlanet.com podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, along with Tim the Mazarana. Hey, hey. Kevin the Conlon. Hello. I don't hear him. Hello. There we go. There we go. There oh, it's Bob. It Bob's not in this one. All right. Uh, Jamie over there. How you doing? Hey, guys. What's how, up? How are you, Jamie? I'm great. That's good. Long day at work, but I'm Connor's ready to here go. too. Hi, Connor. How you doing? Uh, and today we're talking turkeys, which is always fun. And uh, you know, for those of you turkey hunt, it's always an, <laughs> it's always an important aspect of hunting. You know, a lot of people deer hunt, but. So for those who don't turkey hunt right now, you're honestly missing out on some amazing, fun adventures in Turkey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I ever since I started turkey hunting, I kind of got the bug, yeah. like you know. And now that I I know what it's like, <laughs> I feel like it's one of the most amazing things. You I know? love it. It's yeah, exciting. I mean, I mean at, at the first time I did, I'm like, what's so exciting about this? I'm like, they're birds. And I sat down <laughs> after 20 minutes. They start coming in. I'm like, this is the easiest yeah. thing I've ever seen. You know what? You know what? You know what I love about it is the fact that they they respond to yeah. your call. Like you, you can actually have a conversation with them. But as soon That's as my heart about. started pump, 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 it was, it, was yeah. it all set. Oh <laughs> man! So anyway, since we're talking turkey, we want to have our friend Pete Mueller on uh, from National Wild Turkey Federation. Pete, how you doing, man? Doing wonderful, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, thanks for joining us. Uh, so we wanted to ask you, you know, because I've always seen uh, the NWTF a lot, especially online, on Instagram, different things. So I guess, I, 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 can you kind of fill us in real quick? Kind of, How did it get started? And, and, you know, what is it all about, I guess? Let's go through those two questions right off the bat. All right. So I, I will start at the beginning. But basically, it was uh, some turkey hunters that wanted to make sure that there were turkeys around for years to come, all the way back in uh, early 70s, so 1973, Tom Rogers got it started. Um, the organization originally got its roots, again, in trying to make sure that we were conserving the American wild turkey. One point, uh, a game bird that was kind of in peril, um, but also then uh, making sure that we're taking care of our hunting heritage, and, and that's kind of where we are now. Um, it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, 
there's not many organizations that they can say they've actually achieved their mission, but there are more than 6 million turkeys out there across the country right now. Uh, a testament to the work of uh, our partners in state and federal agencies, uh, the work of the volunteers, those boots on the ground, hunters in general. Um, so now we, we have a little bit of a different focus, but that's that's kind of where we got our start. Uh, but again, now we're, we're really focused on trying to make sure that there are places for people to hunt and uh, we're trying to get more people into hunting. Awesome. So what does that look like on a state-by-state -state basis? Because every state's got to be different in how you interact with them. Um, so what, what kind of, what's the difference in how you interact with the different states? Uh, I mean, you are, you are spot on in the fact that the way that you interact with a, a Black Hills Miriam is going to be different from a Texas Rio um, or a, one of these swamp birds over here in South Carolina where I am. Um, yeah, I've, I've found in, in my experience and being fortunate to hunt a couple different states that um, the I, I seem to have more trouble with these Easterns. Uh, they, they give me a little bit more trouble. Uh, you seem to have to be a little bit more patient with them. Miriams, man, you can just, you can call like you're a world champ and uh, those birds just come trotting in no problem. Um, I knew it. I knew that's how the TV people did it. <laughs> Cheaters! <laughs> Waddell. Just kidding. <laughs> Not to say you any know. names. <laughs> no, he was on earlier. Remember he was telling us about his turkey adventures? Yeah. It's funny, man. I actually got my, I got my start in turkey hunting out west, hunting in Wyoming. And, uh... Man, I, I thought I was a rock star when it came to turkeys at that point. I, I took this job in South Carolina and came down here. I still haven't killed a South Carolina bird. I've killed some Easterns, um, but I, I still have not killed one of these weary birds down this way. So Are they are they just, are they, I'm sure they're less populous? You know, I, I think uh, we, we still have a three-bird bag limit down here. So there, there's okay. birds around, but it's, uh, you know, I came from a place out west where I could hunt uh, tons and tons of wide open public. We have great public here. Um, you know, uh, some some federal lands that are managed by the state uh, for habitat. They even put in food plots and things. It's just, it's a different game. It's not as much of a spot and stalk like it was for Miriam's where you could hear them and see them a long ways away and move into position and then get close. You're in heavy timber down this way. Uh, so Let's talk about the different types of turkey because I don't really know the difference. I know there's the Eastern, you're saying Marion. Rio. A Rio. What's the other one? Osceola. The other one is your Osceola or your Florida bird. Uh, uh, so that, so you, you have a total of six different birds that we recognize for a wild turkey slam and, uh, or wild turkey world slam. Uh, that includes your Eastern, which is most, most uh, prevalent bird across the entire country. Pretty much every single state um, bordering the Mississippi and East. You have your Miriams, which are your mountain turkeys, your Rios, which are your plains. Uh, Great Plains, so that's Nebraska all the way down to Texas. Um, and then actually, Rios can also be found in California and, and in Hawaii, which is kind of a neat thing. Huh. You have Florida bird everywhere um, in South Florida, or there's kind of an imaginary line. But pretty much if, if you're anywhere south of Jacksonville to Gainesville, you're in what's considered uh, Osceola territory. And then there's the Gould's turkey, which is... Um, primarily found in the southern parts of Arizona, New Mexico, and then also down into uh, Mexico itself. And then there's the oscillated turkey, which is a totally different species unto itself down in the Yucatan Peninsula. And it, it's it's a, an absolutely striking bird, looking a little bit more 
kind of like a peacock in in blues and greens and its in its feathers, Let's man. Go. It's, a, it's awesome. Absolutely cool. <laughs> now, what would be so? Is it the uh, for, in Texas? Would it be the Rio? Texas actually has Rio, small pockets of easterns all the way in the far eastern part wow. of the state, mm-hmm. and then up uh, north. Uh, north part of, I guess, what you would call their panhandle, they end up having a small pocket of, of Miriam's in that part as well. So I was in, uh, I was in the uh, western part of Texas, and I, I'm pretty sure the guy told me it was a Rio. It was, I was in a, like two hours northwest of San Antonio, but it came out. <clears throat> Did I tell you guys this story? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there hunting. I was hunting for, uh, I think, access deer, but I just just like a month ago. But I look over. My, I, I see, I see a, a, like a female, like a hen. She stops in this like, uh, like I don't know, walkway, whatever. And I'm looking at her. She stops dead for like, I'm, I'm serious. It must have been like three minutes, four minutes. Just never moved. Just standing there looking towards this direction. Just away from me, you know. I'm like, that's weird. And then she walked off. And then like maybe 10 minutes later, I, look, I just happened to look up. And I see this huge bird uh, out there, full strut. Beautiful. I mean, from when I was sitting... That thing must have been 800,000 yards out. I could see the beautiful colors from that far out. Just huge bird. And I, and I asked him, he said, oh, it's, it's probably a Rio. I'm pretty sure he said Rio. He definitely didn't say Eastern because I would have known that one. Yeah. But <laughs> I was like, man, I wish you could have came closer to get a photo of it, you know, because I wanted to get on video because it was awesome. So cool. Is that one of the more colorful ones, would you say, or the Rio? So your your Rios can typically have a little bit more of a cream-colored tips. Your Miriams are the ones that are like that snow white. Um, but, you know, honestly, you can get a little bit of mixing in some of the birds. And you, you, every now and again, you find a, a, a Rio that's got more pure white tips to it. Um, but I, I, I personally like that Miriams, and maybe that's just the nostalgia of it for me. That was the very first turkey I ever killed. Um, but man, the, when you when you watch a, a bird come strutting in and those snow white tips are are fanned all the way out, that's just amazing. It's awesome. So but, to get the grand slam, what do you need then? The four birds, or does it, you say five? So a grand slam is the four main birds in the states. A royal slam is you add the goulds, which ah. is tough, is tough to kill here in the states. A lot of people go to Mexico for it. And then a world slam is all six of them. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! I didn't yeah. know there was a royal in the world. That's amazing. You gotta you got get permission from the cartel to hunt them down there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, so what? Uh, where was the other one at? The world one? Where was that other one? The, you, the other one is found down in the Yucatan Peninsula. Yucatan. And if you get a chance to check that one out, man, it's fantastic. Dave's racking his geology. Where's that? There's yeah. geology. His geography brain. We'll go for it. To figure it out. Yeah. It's on the uh, the west side of uh, Mexico. Oh, that's it. That's the right? old one. Am oh. I wrong? Panhandle. So if you if you think uh, Can Cancun, no, oh. Yucatan is Cancun. Oh yeah. yeah. See, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you what talking? About? What am I talking about? More southern, down off of the coast, down mm-hmm. into uh, down into the mainland, and it's it's a fantastic experience, man. I actually got a chance to do it um, this past year. Um, and we stayed in wall tents in the jungle, and it, they're they're a crazy looking bird, blue heads, blue That's blue cool, fans, though. copper penny looking colors on on the tips of their feathers. Um, but it was uh, try, trying to go down there and get some film of these birds that we actually hadn't gotten much of any film since HD came out. <laughs> so, Jeez. <laughs> did you score one down there or no? I I was fortunate enough to get one. Yes. Cool man. Nice. That's awesome. 
So tell us back to the uh, the federation here. So what what is your goals going forward? Like what what do you guys work towards? All right. So about six years back, we launched what we call our Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative, and and plain and simple, it, it just embodies what we feel is important in this day and age. Now that we know that there's more than six million turkeys across the entire country, and it's and it's making sure that there's acreage for people to access land for people to hunt. Um, and that we're working to recruit new hunters. So the, there's actual hard goals to this. We're trying to conserve or enhance 4 million acres of habitat, recruit 1.5 million hunters, and then open up additional access to hunting um, for half a million acres. So six years in, we're, we're actually, we've already surpassed the, the opening access goal by, we've already opened up 559,000 plus acres. Awesome. Um, we're well on our way to meeting our hunter recruitment goal, but I mean, it's, even though it's a 10-year initiative, it's not really anything that's going to end. I mean, it's something that as an industry as a whole, we realize that there's a problem that, you know, us us as hunters, we're getting older and older, and we got to bring in new people to help start buying licenses, uh, purchase the firearms, the equipment that helps fund conserva- conservation dollars at its most fundamental level. And so that that's why that's important. So this is, uh, I think... Um Pete, I think I'll, what I'll say in this conversation is that this is a, a, a situation that we have talked about over and over and over in the bow hunting industry. And this is why it's extremely important that we need to come together as a bow hunting, I don't even know what the word would be, right? A team, whatever the word is, not just us, but like you guys, us deer management, all the archery companies, all the industry companies, they have to come together to come up with a plan to get more people doing hunting. Yeah, (laughs) There's a problem, and everybody wants to kind of keep going around it, but there's a major problem right now with the amount of kids who are going to be hunters coming up. It's not going to happen. And so if we don't come together, I'm talking the Matthews of the world, the Hoyts of the world, it doesn't matter. Everybody has to come together on this topic because without it, they're all gone. It doesn't matter. They will never survive. In the end, once we're all gone, once this generation's out, we got a big problem. And it affects you guys. It affects us. It affects everybody in the hunting industry. Uh, and there needs to be a conversation. The ATA's not doing it. Someone needs to step up and make this happen. What, what, I, what I hear is a positive, though, is that you guys are on your way to hitting your goal of the $1.3 million. Like That's impressive to me because I don't think we see that within, you know, the, when we usually talk about deer and deer conservation and what kind of you typically think of somebody that's a bow hunter, right? You typically think of deer hunting and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think in the industry over the last couple of years, we've seen or we've heard of that younger generation not coming into it. And that's what our concern yeah. is, that younger generation not coming in it. So what are you guys doing that, that's working? So, you know, we, we traditionally had our outreach programs, our, our Jake's program, which is our youth program. We have our Women in the Outdoors, obviously speaks for itself. We have our, our wheeling program, which is for mobility-impaired uh, individuals who want to get out into the woods. But one of the big things that we're, we're exploring right now is we're working with some of our big partners in the Mossy Oaks of the world, um, AvianX, Decoys, Zinc Calls, they're big partners of ours. But we're working with these folks to, to help fund programs that are, are not just a single-day event, hey, come out, you know, shoot a bow, shoot a gun, learn to do something, and then we go, all right, go figure out the rest on your own. I mean, we're, we're doing stuff on a bigger level where we're taking college kids that have never hunted before and we're bringing them in for a turkey hunt. 
but we're not just taking them out on a turkey hunt. We're teaching them all about turkeys in general leading up to it. And we're trying to introduce them to a core group of people that they can continue to do it with afterwards. And once they get done with that, that turkey hunt, we're not done with them. We're going to bring them back in the fall and we're going to take them out for dove. And we're going to take that same group. So we're building this, this, uh, this network, so to speak, that can continue together through that journey because, you know, None, none of us as hunters were created in one day. I mean, there, there might have been something where you went, man, that was fantastic. I need to go do that again. But there's a huge learning curve in in getting out to hunt. And so if we can help somebody through the full journey of an entire year of turkey, dove, deer, small game, waterfowl, if we have the opportunity to do it. And, you know, we're doing it with college kids. We're doing it with full families. Um, but we're, we're focused amount on young adults so these are kids that are out of college recently still at the tail end of college but they've got a little bit more financial incentive to or financial stability potentially to be able to continue it on afterwards and if you're introducing them to a group that's picking up that same you know that that same liking of outdoor sports then they can do it as a group you know one problem with kids is if you take them out and you show them an awesome day of of shooting bb guns or shooting uh, some of the NAS bows that we have over there at, at our headquarters or at any of our events, if they go home and they ask mom and dad to go get them a bow and mom and dad says no, then their their journey's done, at least for the time being. Right. And so we're, we're trying to focus on a, a different level of person that can yeah. – th- a little bit more decision-making ability on, on what they get to do. Well, and, and I think in that regards, too, the ability to actually drive your own path and be able to free up your time to be able to go and do it. You know, you got, you got young kids like we have. We have, you know, 10, 11, 8-year-olds, that kind of thing. They rely on us to free up the time to be able to teach them, to be able to get them out. And in the age group that you're talking about, they have cars, right? They can create their own time. They can get to their own places mm-hmm. where if they want to be able to, to you know, experience that and continue experience that, they can make that choice for themselves. So I think that's a great point. So, um, so I mean, that's big thing is we're testing right now, though. But honestly, it's, it, you know, as you guys said, it's going to be the industry as a whole, you know, stop, stop fighting about whether you're a gun hunter, traditional bow hunter, compound bow hunter, crossbow, whatever it is. Just we're, we are the, our, sometimes our worst enemy as an industry and yep. in fighting that we do, man. If you're, if you're hunting and you're doing it legally, we, we need to start all yep. just supporting every, every aspect of it. Well, I, and I think, I think back to the days when like you, when I first started, I think Dave, you you're in the same boat, Jamie, I think you were as well, is that the biggest, I think the biggest hurdle for hunting is where do you go? You know, where, yeah, that's, that's where do you good information being, and yeah, that, that's where I love what you said is like, you guys didn't think of this plan overnight. I'm sure you guys took many, many hours to, to talk about, you know, what is the future? How do we get there? And bringing people in, but also not only just bringing people in, giving them a place to go, you know, creating new habitats for them, creating new you know properties for the, them to hunt on is absolutely crucial to all that. So I think, I, it, I, I think mean, it's a great, I think it mixes across a lot of things. And one of the things in my mind, while we're talking about this is in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, we need to start doing like Turkey specific hunting videos that we do yeah. for our test lab show. Right. Like, how can we help is my point. Well, we right? got to have Jamie shoot one. Yeah. Well, that's a different help. story. Shoot what? <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty, time, of, I got plenty time, of turkeys. My last friends. time you shot a turkey, I got a video of him chasing that thing is still alive running around. I got to listen. This is how bad it is. We got, I got a, we got two turkeys on kills. I got a video film. of I got a video of Chris shooting a turkey, and I wasn't even sitting with him. <laughs> <laughs> I Where's saw that him across video? the you never field. Gave me that. 
I saw him across the field, video. and I'm watching him shoot you a turkey the, across the field kill? while I'm sitting with Jamie, who misses two. Well, he had a bow. I'll give him some credit. I mean, but, you know. I used the wrong broad. I'm just kidding. Interesting, interesting the difference, though, in shotgun and, and bow with uh, this this yeah. turkey hunting thing. Yeah, that you know. sweet spot is pretty small. Now, do you, <laughs> yeah. you don't advocate either way. Yeah, People can use what they care. use. Yeah. Like, But when you do sweet your enough. events, like, do you lean one way or the other when you're doing your events? Like, do you Is gun more popular when it comes to turkey hunting than, than archery? Seems like it. So typically, when we're, when we're having a class, we're... We are teaching people how to use uh, firearms, shotguns, 12-gauge, 20-gauge, whatever it might be. Uh, a lot of people picking up 410s now uh, with some of the advancements in shot shells. Um, me, personally, I'm a bow hunter, so I like to shoot them with a bow. But there's, you know, I've also heard people say that turkey hunting was meant to be done with a shotgun, not any other way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say this, though. So, I shot a turkey, two, uh, I think it... Try to think how many I got with a bow now. Two, maybe. It, I'll say this. It wasn't as hard as I thought it'd be, to be honest. It, I thought, I was like, I'll never get into turkey with a bow. There's no way. And you to be missed. honest, it wasn't that bad. Like, it wasn't like people, I could see what, you know, or, or a crossbow, right? You could do a crossbow yeah. nowadays in the majority of states. So I, I don't know what it you is. You better zip it. I know you're coming no, up with I'm something. No, I wasn't. Gonna, I was going to yeah, actually I don't, completely Have you killed the turkey, Tim? I was going to completely nah. flip no, I got, I got I a few couple of fans Here, on here's, my wall. Here's what I love. I love, like, my kids, for some reason, they have this thing about eating birds that have been shot with a shotgun because they want the BBs? Yeah, because of the BBs. Oh, they want to get yeah, the BBs. Yeah, because out of like that. they, they want to find that prize in the meat. Like I'm what? like, no, they, like I hope you you like, find it with your teeth. Yeah, yeah. so like, it's kind of it's kind of cuz every time you know we have like pheasant or whatever whenever we go bird hunting or whatever, you know, we'll, we'll take it home eat it and you try to get it out as much as possible. You never know. There might be one still in there. And uh, so you always have to tell them like, yeah, be careful. And they for some reason their eyes light up like what do you mean? There's still a bullet in here? It's so funny to watch them. That is odd. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting, Tim. Yeah. Yep. But I, yeah, so I wasn't hmm. going to say that it took you six years to shoot one. But um, now that you bring it up. It didn't take me six years. I just never hunted turkey <laughs> I, until I learned I, No, to do it. listen, you did hunt turkey. I remember because I was no, with no, you. No, 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 yeah. no. That's not, it doesn't count. There's oh, that doesn't. The, smoking cigars <laughs> in the blind. It doesn't. Eating count. peanut butter and jellies, <laughs> listening to like watching YouTube videos. Oh man, excuses. No, man. seriously, turkey season excuses. is now kind of one of my favorites. Yeah. It really is. Like you could it's get a away more with relaxing, so much more. Yeah. Scent doesn't matter. I could have a big CAO <laughs> cigar, relax. <laughs> I gotta say this, Jamie. I I had a it's I, the best. I thought you know because yeah, sitting together and doing the hunt with Jamie or sitting there too. That it was, was fun. it was pretty fun, man. Yeah, yeah, me and Chris had together time. had a great time. Yeah, then had he, a great then time. The best part for us was that you know the turkey came in. And it got within like sixty yards, and then it, it, it decided that it didn't like our decoys, and it wasn't going to stick around. So Chris's like, "Let me shoot it with the gun. Let me shoot it," because he had his own tag. And I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead." You know, boom, down it went seventy five yards with a shotgun. That's <laughs> like, crazy. Gotta, we're sitting there three hundred <laughs> yards away. I'm watching this unfold. I see yeah. Chris coming out of his of his blind. Yeah, he it over off. To he said that was his off. first turkey like, in years or something. Was he was screaming. He was so excited. He was so excited. He like raised his hand. He's like, ah. In the, middle of the, in the middle of the field, and I see, I'm thinking in my head, like, oh my God, Nope was going to freak out. When Probably about this. five years. Yeah, he was super excited. It was like, I didn't really carry the way. I was like, all right, it's not coming in. You're right, shoot it. You know, it's not, it was, it's like they, these, it was amazing because he called them in. So that's like, I, it's still his yeah. credit, you know. He called them in from 500 yards out, which is so exciting. Baloney. They up, we sent them they to were, They were running we from us. Well, yeah, thank God, because you guys made noises. <laughs> 
You guys are just pathetic. I, I just because I what? Yeah, you heard me. Pathetic. You scared those turkeys. All right, we'll take a commercial break. We'll be right back. One second with Pete. Since 1971, Burris has been the leader in optics innovation, and that continues today with products like the new Oracle Range Finding Bowsight. Burris offers the best value on the market today. Their optics are durable, reliable, and affordable. Everything they offer, from red dots and rifle scopes to their binos and bow sights, are backed by their forever warranty. Burris, find what matters. For 20 years, StealthCam has been at the forefront of trail camera development and innovation. From the industry's first 4K ultra-high-definition DS4K and the XV4's advanced high-resolution night imaging to the latest in wireless technologies, StealthCam continues to deliver the highest quality, most reliable trail cameras available. Your images begin at StealthCam.com. It's coffee break time. If you're looking for premium coffee for those who grind every day, if life is an adventure and not just a routine, Grind Life is for you. You could be an adventurer, military person, first responder, outdoorsman, factory worker, or just red-blooded patriotic American. Grind Life is here to help you achieve success in everything you do. Visit GrindLifeCoffee.com and tell them BHP Podcast sent you. And enjoy a fresh brew. Just like us. Yo, Kevin, give me a warm up. So we're back, and uh, now we're going to talk to Pete a little bit more about archery, specifically the turkey. So, Pete, what are the things you guys are doing with archery? You guys looking at products? I guess how does it work? I know you're a big archery person yourself. Uh, so, you know, me personally, I I enjoy archery. So I, I tinker with things a little bit more in the office than most folks do. You know, we got our we got our shotgun guys, and I, I guess. My, my role might be to review some of the archery stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I've spent the past few years trying to collect as many new broadheads as I can post, post ATA, um, and running them through the ringers. And it was something that I started kind of just for fun a few years back, but, um, uh, we would, we would test them out for accuracy based on just however I had my, my, my bow tuned, um, tune it up for, for field points. And then we would end up, um, just slapping, slapping on broadheads. Every single one that we could find run typically seven to 10, somewhere in there. Um, but we, we would test them out on everything and finish up, uh, finish up our testing by running them through oven roaster chickens that we buy from the local supermarket. Just <laughs> That's awesome. See, do see what damage that they would do. And, you know, we, it would give us a chance to test out the mechanical broadheads to see whether they were actually opening. Um, you know, and it, it was something that just kind of started as fun. Um, but I, I really enjoyed doing that over the past years. Um, but I mean, I, I tinker with different arrows and so I've run a, a little bit of a different product that they send in every now and again, um, trying to test things out, but, but, but I have fun with it because I have that, that love of archery. So you, you got to tell me, so when, when it comes to the testing of the broadheads, the mechanical versus uh, the fixed, what were the results? Cause that's something that we always like, we love testing that stuff. That's what we do in our test lab. So we love hearing about that kind of stuff. Like what, what did, what did it look like? What was the best one? Tell us about that. Oh man, this, this past year, um, the, I, I will say the ones that, that performed the best. And I, t I tested out everything from like the new Ram cat to some new stuff with, um, came, came from a company 
I guess it was Dead Ringer that put it out, but Dead Ringer was is kind of part of, uh, a, I guess, an overall group that also released some turkey decoys and some turkey calls from Terry Rom, you know, former Grand National Champion. But these Dead Ringer broadheads, one of them was a, a, a fixed blade, and one of them one of them was a mechanical, and that mechanical flew incredibly well. Massive holes, um, just super sharp right out of the package. Those are other things that we test. Uh, and then there was a Rocky Mountain broadhead. I want to say it was called a switchblade. Um, right offhand, and I, I want to say that two 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 inch cut on the mechanicals, but it was kind of a hybrid, um, similar to the new Rage that came out. I guess the the Rage Four Blade. Um, so, but, but it it flew pretty well. I actually used it uh, this year. I carried. I did not get a, a turkey with a bow this year. Last year, I used the Rage Turkey Head to kill uh, a bird, um, and that that thing left a massive wound channel in that turkey. I, I was really amazed at, with with how that thing. Now, do you see a big difference in in the size of the of the broadhead? Like, are you looking for a two inch? Are you looking for something bigger? Is bigger better? So, for me, what I'm reviewing typically is just body shooting turkeys, and obviously, when you're dealing with small vitals, um, I, I recommend a bigger cutting diameter. And so, you know, so so those bigger mechanicals that, that expand two inches plus, you know, some of some of those work really really well. Uh, I've, I, I, I hate even admitting I've, I've shot turkeys before and watched them run up a side of a mountain, um, because I was a little bit off of vitals and yeah. never ended up finding them. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things, e- even if you practice every single day, you're shooting it at, at a, at an area of vitals is probably the size of a silver dollar. Um, yep. so <laughs> big, 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 uh, big wound channels is something that I, I recommend because it, it can help make a little bit of a difference. So, yeah. well, I, I mean, learned I, that the hard way. This yeah, time. I think I think we learned <laughs> half an inch makes a difference. I mean, oh, yeah. you're, you're especially because turkeys, they're, they're not prone to just stand there all the time. I mean, they, they stock in, they you know, they, they're coming in. They're typically moving. I think that's what happened to you, Jamie, is that the, the turkey would it, it would yeah. it move just just a it was little moving bit when I ju- shot, just yeah. so much that you couldn't tell when you're looking through the yeah. scope. And that was it. Like you missed it by probably two inches. Or you just um, such a bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was, I, listen i was trying to be nice thanks Tim. <laughs> used uh i used a broadhead i think this was three years ago um it was from a, a little tiny company out of oklahoma called shrapnel and it was a prototype that they that they had me test out and it, it was one of the most funky looking um broadheads that i've ever seen i mean big wings on the front of it that folded all the way back but uh Flew incredibly well. Actually, didn't put off a lot of sound flying through the air, like I, contrary to what I thought that it would do. Um, but I, I was actually able to take a bird in Oklahoma with that broadhead a couple years ago, and or maybe it was even three years ago again. But it was that that was kind of a neat thing, um, being one of the first people to test out that broadhead. But um, you know, I, I tinker with as many as I can and see how they fly. And I know that you know, it's. Some some people, no matter what they're hunting, they're they're hooked on fix. Some people are hooked on mechanicals. You know, I say shoot what makes you happy. It's a way to go. It's the only thing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, there's so many different heads. It's crazy, you know, when it comes to turkey. And so I can see why people get nervous. You know, if it's like a risk or, you know. What's going on? You know what I mean? Because I get it. Like, you, you shoot a mechanic, you get nervous. Is it going to open? Is it going to hit the right spot? The turkey spot's yeah. this small, you know. So I get it, you know, in, in the sense that 
Even when I shot my bird with a, a bow, I shot it three times, you know, just to be sure it was yeah. going to die. I didn't want to jump it up After and run away. After my first one, I took, I took it the extra shot. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> it's so funny. So funny. But, yeah, I mean, it was one of the best things I ever did. It was so fun. Um, so fun. I, I, you know, like I said, if you're out there and you haven't tried turkey hunting, you honestly need to do it. It is an amazing, amazing thing, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's people like Pete here with their, their organization that are doing what's needed to help secure that for you guys, have the opportunity to go out and hunt turkeys and have a lot of fun with it. Um, so definitely check them okay. out when you get time. The, the comeback, just to let you know, the comeback of turkey in Michigan is nothing short of incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was younger, we never saw we turkeys. We never did that, you know. Now you can't go anywhere without seeing them. Yeah. I mean, they are everywhere. It's, it's fantastic. So one other thing before we let you go, what's your best turkey recipe? Oh, we ain't giving that up. (laughs) (laughs) See, now you're getting into some territory that I love talking. I've made made friends with some really incredible chefs over the years um, that that are experiencing, you know, trying to do stuff. And I think I think they one of them even coined the phrase like think outside the fryer or something like that. It's you know, we're, we're we're pushing recipes that aren't poppers, that aren't nuggets. While those are good, we're trying to get people to think about other stuff. And um, you know, everything from my biggest thing that I've been trying to get people to focus on recently is using every part of the turkey. So typically, you know, people they take the breast off the turkey, they're using it for nuggets, whatever they want. Um, they're grilling it, smoking it. But the part that gets left behind is the wild turkey legs. And I tell you, if you take the time to debone it, get all the meat off of there, run it through a grinder, it it is nearly indistinguishable from, you know, from from hamburger, essentially. I mean, like you you can eat it like a hamburger without adding fat and have an incredible burger, meatballs with it. Um, I mean, it's it, it's it's a really versatile meat in the no in kidding. the end. I, well, I'm, I'm guilty. I, 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 le- I left my leg. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know if you ever heard the outdoor chef John Collins, but he's been on our show. He came in here once on his way through a hunt uh, through Canada down Detroit. But anyway, he has videos on his uh, uh, YouTube page and Facebook of how to cook turkey, and he has the whole leg cook like a straight up turkey turkey. Oh yeah, and he, he's a uh, he's a professional chef in Toronto. I think he's Toronto. He's in Canada. I know. I don't know if it's Toronto. Was it Toronto? Well, anyway. Definitely check out his videos. You guys might want to actually share them because the way he, he cooks is unbelievable what he does with turkeys. I mean, this guy, it is unreal. So every time, next time he comes back, I'm trying to get him to stop in to cook for us. Uh, but it would be awesome to show. But he actually used the whole leg like a drum, like a drumstick. Oh, and oh, I, yeah. I don't know how he does it, but he makes it absolutely Fantastic. amazing. And Jamie over here has got his own recipe we've been yeah. using. It's the fully bacon-wrapped turkey yeah. breast. And I did uh, one. Was it? Was that? Was that? Uh, hunting season, deer season. I made the turkey dumpling, turkey and dumplings. That was good. Ooh, yeah, that was that. good too. I forgot about that. But that man, that last turkey you made of my turkey of mine, that was unbelievable. He made one and it didn't turn out so good. The second one was amazing. So you gotta get a little lucky there, I guess. <laughs> uh, nice. We we've got a fair amount of recipes up on our website nwtf.org. I'm gonna slide that plug in there. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, sure. but uh, but you know, again, we're we're trying to help people out if. It's something that they're interested in learning about turkeys. We want to help them get as much information as they can, just learning about the bird all the way through what to do if they're fortunate enough to take one. You know, obviously, sure. the, the experience out in the woods is worth 
you know, it's worth doing for far more than just a punch tag. But if you if you're fortunate enough to get there, man, we want to help you do everything that you can with it. Absolutely. Well, Pete, thanks for joining us. Pete Mueller again from the National Wild Turkey Federation. Again, it's www.nwtf.org. Again, nwtf.org. Check them out and uh, learn about turkey hunting and everything you want to do about turkey. Pete, we want to be in touch with you. We want to help where we can. Uh, I know our our bow hunter plant test lab show is perfect for this and and kind of showcasing turkey hunting products is what we do now. We just don't very specifically say turkey hunting, but maybe that's something we need to think about to help Pete and his team on, you know, getting more turkey hunters. Because honestly, it is one of the – I'm so happy I picked up turkey hunting. I'm not going to lie. It has been – it's so fun, and I've taken Connor, and he's loved it, and he had his first turkey, what, two years ago? Was it two years? Yeah, this year you couldn't hunt because of the rules yeah. we had to change over but and, and licenses. But anyway, great experience. Did you like turkey hunting? Yeah. What did you like about it? I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> now he's not talking because he's on the, on the spot. Anyway, I think, Pete. I think if you take... I think if you take anybody into the woods and they hear a gobble and that doesn't get them fired yeah. up enough to go back, there's there's just something wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah. that's an amazing experience to hear a gobble for the first time in the woods, especially when it, you know it's coming yeah. and it's like, Wah! <laughs> you're like, whoa. <laughs> that's a good example too. Real quick, I'll throw that in there. When I was in Texas, I, I'd never experienced a wild hog, and in Texas, it was the first time I ever heard a, a hog scream. I'm not like because I shot, but because it was just like grunting. And that thing went nuts. It was like, rah, rah. <laughs> I was like, it was kind of creepy. Like, you don't, all of a sudden you see this black mass running. It was like, you know, right in the morning, dusk. You see it running, you hear, rah, rah, rah. I'm like, oh my God. It was like something of a horror movie. It was pretty creepy. But anyway, Pete Mueller, thanks, man. We appreciate you joining. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time on the show. If there's anything else that comes up, you let us know. And in the meantime, we got to find some ways to help each other and, and get you guys, get more experience, uh, you know, get more out there for you guys. That's for sure. Thanks, Pete. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next time, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hi, it's John Taffer from Bar Rescue. Did you know the second building in America was a tavern? When I built my new restaurant franchise concept, Taffer's Tavern, I thought back to the roots of what makes a tavern a tavern. Timeless character. All while delivering an unbelievably delicious food and beverage experience. That paired with my 40 plus years in the industry provides a clear roadmap to success. Do you have what it takes to be a Taffer's Tavern franchisee? If so, I'd love to hear from you. Visit franchise.tafferstavern.com.